आई एम सुमित गुप्ता एंड दिस इज चूजिंग लीडरशिप अ पॉडकास्ट फॉर हाई परफॉर्मर्स विद बिग ड्रीम्स एट वर्क एंड लाइफ दिस इज अ पॉडकास्ट फॉर पीपल हु नो डीप इन साइड दैट देयर इज मोर हैव यू अचीव्ड अ ग्रेट डील ऑफ सक्सेस बट ऑन द इनसाइड यू स्टिल फील एम्प्टी एंड लाइक एन इम्पोस्टर डू अदर पीपल सी यू एज अ स्ट्रॉन्ग लीडर एंड यू वंडर वाई इट स्टिल फील्स सो लोनली एंड सफोकेटिंग The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content but instead shift the context under which you operate. I dare to speak to the tremendous power which you already have rather than what you believe are your strengths and limitations. This podcast is called Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. And this is the leadership journey series. I am interviewing leaders with an interesting story to learn how they got where they are today. we all have a lot to learn from each other's stories of where we started where we are now and our successes and struggles on the way with this series of interviews my attempt is to give leaders an opportunity to share their stories and for all of us to learn from their generous sharing jason in his own words is a customer focused tech solutions leader he has over 25 years of experience building teams to design and deliver solutions to complex problems what i found fascinating from his linkedin profile is that he is also a rugby coach the people who work with him describe him as a visionary leader who is peerless in integrity smart and yet down to earth and brings that infectious enthusiasm to work in the interview jason shares how playing and coaching team sports like rugby has shaped his leadership He talks about how as a leader you do not have to be the most clever person in the room with all the answers and how he sees listening to different perspectives as a superpower. He told me his leadership is not about him but about his teams and I found that very powerful. Hi Jason. Hello there. Nice to meet you. Same here. Welcome to the show. Can you start by telling us telling our audience a little bit about yourself and who you are? Indeed. So my name is Jason Reese. I work for the Oracle Corporation across a MIA role. So I uh, run one of our technical groups across a MIA. Obviously, here today to talk about my personal experiences rather than necessarily an Oracle employee. But it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. So with this podcast, I am trying to focus on the journey of what brought you where you are today. and also going deeper into those experiences which shaped you as a person and as a leader so if you look back at your journey what are one of those one or two of those events whether positive or negative which have shaped you as a person and also very good question and a big question as well i think i started my career as a technical individual very much always as an individual sort of person who enjoyed the technical aspects of it of information technology but i think i had a natural desire to to lead to be that as a role model to as a team leader whatever that may be and i think i i would say a lot of the reasons i've shaped been shaped like that is that i've played team sports like my life rugby is the sort of the, the sport i played the most and i think what that shows is it isn't about necessarily you know the difference between being a manager and a leader a manager just gets to tell people what to do whereas a leader it is different styles so i think if i reflect on my sort of sporting shaping it was always about leading even if you weren't necessarily the team captain you know if you know what i mean it's you just took a step forward did what you know was right and then hopefully people followed you so i think that's how i certainly shaped my early stage of my career not necessarily a desire to be a manager 
but just more likely to have an opinion and have some influence on where um, my career was going as well as the projects I was working on were going. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that you mention uh, how sports uh, influenced your leadership. Can you share a little bit more about that? And this is also curious for me because I read in your LinkedIn profile that you're also a rugby coach. So maybe you can share a bit more about that. Exactly. And it, I, I reflect on this a lot is uh, as an individual playing a sport, it's really easy in the fact that you only have to look after you. And as long as your own performance is good enough, then, you know, you're doing the right for the team. If I now reflect on being a coach, I can assure you it's a totally different skill set because you have to be able to, especially kids that I coach, so 13, 14 year olds, as well as 10, 11 year olds. Um, you can't just tell a child what to do. There's no point in telling a child what to do or telling quite frankly, an employee what to do. It's actually about uh, framing what, um, I suppose for them to understand what good looks like for them to develop. So as a coach, I spend a lot of my time making sure that they're demonstrating what needs to happen. They're learning. The feedback is not a, you've done this wrong. It's much more, what did you observe? What went well? What didn't go well? So from a sporting point of view, I say it's much easier to be an individual that you only have to look after yourself. It's much harder now to be a coach. And I take a lot of those learnings, quite frankly, into the professional world as well, around making sure you don't tell people what to do. You try to, you try to guide them on the journey they're trying to Yes, that's very interesting how you take those learnings and then apply it to work. And one of my coaches likes to say that leadership is a full body contact sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And your and your story like exactly reminded me of that quote. And it's I think it's a wonderful metaphor for everything which we do in work because we bring our full self rather than just a part of us. Yeah. So. And I think the main thing I and and again I I see this on a Sunday morning as well as I do throughout the week is time i think is the one time and sort of priorities are the the one thing that i think we'd all wish we could take step back from sometimes remove the emotion remove the pressure because sometimes we do make decisions that we think that isn't quite you know the right thing for the individual mm -hmm. but our pressure the pressure's on to try to improve in in a sporting performance or try to improve from business performance so you're absolutely right we can sit here cold light of day having a conversation and we know what's the right thing and i think Sometimes it's about reminding ourselves what is the right thing rather than always just driving for a particular outcome. It's a balance all the time, of course. Yeah. So that leads me to my next question. And this is especially when working with teams and when working with people in the busyness of day-to-day -day life and the pressure which you mentioned. How do you create that space for reflection or finding that balance? It, it's hard. It's hard to do. I think you need to, as a leader, I try to actually put time in my diary to take a step back. It's balancing the operational requirements versus strategic requirements. Strategic requirements, and I, I reflect on the last you know couple of years of us all working remotely, it's really difficult to actually take a step back, in my view, to look at strategic stuff on you. I've got a whiteboard behind me, and it's always mm. full of ideas and, and the like, but one of the things I do miss from being around people is that ability to take a step back with people, take some time out with people, and really reflect on what's working, what isn't working and looking to improve. So therefore, there's a danger that we are operational all the time. We're hitting our KPIs, our targets, whatever, whatever we measure our business by. And what that means is, and again, especially in the current working environment, people get burnt out, I think. People get burnt out by just getting the task done. I think everyone wants to feel relevant. Everyone wants to feel uh, they understand why a big company or a small company, quite frankly, is is going in the direction it's doing going so 
I'll be honest, I don't think I balance it particularly well. I know it's an area, a particular work on for me to make sure that we're not just operational and driving the business forward. We're taking time out to work. Are we doing it efficiently? But yeah, for me, it's one of the biggest development areas that I continue to strive to, uh, to improve on. Yeah, yeah. And I think what you mentioned uh, about blocking time out in your diary, I think uh, like not leaving it for chance or not leaving it for when everything gets done. I always say as well, I did a, a training course a number of years ago and a very, um, very interesting professor from one of the, the UK universities talked about a sustainable executive performance. And the idea was you can't hope to, to perform at a high level in, in your workplace if you're not looking after yourself. So I do tend to find a bike ride in the summer, less likely at the moment with the weather or a run or being in the gym. I find not only are you helping you know, yourself from a, a physical point of view, but I do find on those bike rides the time to maybe take a step back. And so I think that's important as well. Yeah, blocking the time out for the time to think. But a lot of the time, we all know that you block the time out and then you find yourself faffing around on the email you didn't you know, update sometimes taking yourself physically away from your laptop, say out on a run, a walk, whatever it may be. I think that's important. And again, it helps with health as well. So I, I can see two common threads here. One is uh, the rugby, which is a sporting part, but also on a day-to-day -day basis, the regular biking or something, doing something physical yeah. to allow you to disconnect. And that gives you a different perspective at, at everything. Very true. Wonderful, yeah. 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 Uh, and for, for me, it's photography. So I, I tend to tend to take half an hour, one hour every day, just in my neighborhood or wherever I am, I am with my camera, and it allows me to distract myself or distance myself. And then when I am back, I'm totally fresh. I'm totally. And and you you can look at problems in a totally different viewpoint because you've taken yes. step away. And again, I think that's a great example of we can be very operational all the time, and sometimes we don't get a chance to say let's look at it in different way. And again, I think that's an important point of leadership as well, is that you don't have to be the cleverest person in the room. What you need to do is make sure you have people from diverse backgrounds, diverse experiences, who are all able to look at problems in different ways. And sometimes a problem can be solved in a totally different way. And I think that's that for me is the superpower I wish I would have more, which is the ability to just look at lateral thinking. I'm a very analytical thinker. So if the data shows me something, I'm going to go with it. I really value people who look at things in a different way. And one of the reasons uh, I'm doing these interviews is to bring out those sides of leaders which we don't normally see or get to experience in the work life. Because either we don't open up about it or because of the hierarchy or because of our position, people don't feel safe to ask us about it. Yeah. So my next question is that Tell us something which uh, most people do not know about you. Yeah, I think I, I will um, tell you that. But I think the interesting thing is, again, what I've loved about the last couple of years is we've got leaders and we've got, from my point of view, I've got senior customers, you know, CIO type people who, just like anybody else, will turn around and say, oh, sorry, my dog's barking or my child's walked in the room or whatever that is. And I, I think that really breaks barriers down because one of the things I think is really and I hope I, I am, is I think you need to be authentic. There, there are times where you maybe can't show or you're emotional exactly what you're thinking, just simply because you're trying to, you are trying to lead. But I think if people see you're being authentic and genuine, I think that sort of that works. And, and the thing that people may not know about me is I've got a twin brother, not identical, but a twin brother born 20 minutes apart. First, I, if ever he hears this, web, uh, this podcast, he'll know why I say that I'm the older one. But what's interesting is that my brother and I are, totally different he doesn't work in the corporate world he we're different in characters but paul my brother and i paul actually now does leadership coaching so he does you know a lot of work with uh, different companies around you know leading and improving performance 
And I find that quite interesting because we're very different characters, but we both have a natural desire to, again, not necessarily lead, but to, again, I think be relevant and make sure that we're, whatever we do, we've got some influence on or whatever it is. So yeah, I have a twin brother, which people may not know about. Some people may think, my God, there's two Reese's around in the world, but yeah, <laughs> uh, they don't, yeah, there's two of us in this world. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I think what I am taking away from that is that like even even when you are so close, like twins, growing up in the same family, you can still become very different people. Yes. And, but, uh, but, and yeah, but both but both mad about sports. But again, interesting yeah. example. Paul was always more talented naturally, whereas I was the harder worker. So mm-hmm. it's interesting how maybe that's the point in our careers as well. But yeah, there's synergies, even though there's differences. And again, maybe that's a, a, another good metaphor for teams that you don't have to all be um, the same person. You need to actually have different ideas and different approaches as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think on the other side of leadership, it's very important to listen for those ideas and not to pigeonhole people into because I, you are, you look similar or you are in a similar background. So you... So I am going to talk to you in a certain way. Oh, and, and I reflect on when my first management job, again, in one of the big four, um, I've, I always think of this. I remember being told by the HR team, the recruiting people, Jason, you need to not just try to recruit people who are white and in their mid-20s, the same as you. You've got to recruit people from different backgrounds, male, female, whatever it may be. And I, yeah, I, I'm honest at the time, I was like, why do I want to do that? I, how will I be able to form a team around people who come from different backgrounds? And I look back at that point in my career many years later, and I think, how naive was I? People from the same background, same uh, thoughts, we're going to look at things in a different way. Mm. So, yeah, no, it's really important we have people with different thoughts. And I don't care where people come from. I think it's just better that we've got diverse ideas. Yeah. And if you look back at that span of time, like 20, 25 years, what is it about leadership? What principle or what belief that you have come to change your view over time? What have I come to? Uh, I take, let me start with stuff that I think I, I, I am consistent with. And sure. I think that's about um, being, again, genuine and r- really genuinely being happy to roll my sleeves up and do a customer meeting with with the team or, or look at problems and things like that. So the ability to be, I say, authentic and genuine and having integrity that's what I've kept, hopefully a scene throughout my career. I think the bit that I've changed is just my outlook on what management is. I get people all the time talking to me about becoming a manager or wanting to get in, into leadership. And I always say to them, why? Just tell me why. And one of the things is when I first started, I put there was a, maybe something about control or influence or power or things. And that it's nothing like that now. It's very much around rather than me being on stage, I want to be off stage clapping people onto the stage. Like most leaders, I get more of a thrill out of seeing people develop now and making sure of their careers. And I think what that ends up happening is that you've got a very, you, you improve your network of people around you because mm-hmm. you've done something for them in their career. Again, look at the rugby analogy again. If I can have any of my kids I coach now go on, quite frankly, it doesn't matter if they play national, international level, it's more that they just play sports. So I think that influence on people for a positive point of view, that's the one thing I've probably change the most around why I enjoy the leadership. So it's not about me. Generally, it's not about me. It's about the teams that, that, that work around me, for me. That's, I think, much more important than maybe when I first started as a manager. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I think connecting it back to the experience of coaching rugby, because I have a very similar experience because there, there was a time when I was only leading people in at work. 
mm. and then I started to lead a social organization and then I was leading a lot of volunteers. Yeah. Now, obviously I cannot tell them or I cannot command them <laughs> because there is no contract, yeah. there is no employment there. So that allowed me to learn a different kind of leadership and then I brought it back to work and see that it works better. I think that's a fantastic um, example and I'm chuckling because I experience that all the time. There's, you can't, in, in volunteers, they are volunteers and people come from different backgrounds. Some of the, some of the terminology that your viewers may hear in their, that I, I'm afraid I use all the time. You can imagine in a uh, rugby club in Berkshire, me using some of that terminology, they will be looking at me and going, what? And I think as a volunteer, you've got to, it's more about influence. It's not, you can't tell someone what to do. And why would you? And I think there is a great reflection of that around influence. And again, if you tell someone because they get a salary, therefore they fear you need to do that, then what's the point in that? Because it's it's not, it, they're not emotionally connected to what we're trying to do. You, all you're doing is telling someone you need to do this. And they're like, okay, I'm doing that because you're my manager and I, I'm being paid a salary. It, I think the, again, the, the holy grail, if you like, is to be able mm -hmm. to get people to actually understand that's important to them. And then all you're doing is guiding people. So I, I, again, I think the volunteer versus paid employee comparison is an interesting one. And uh, it is about influence. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. And I think what sports does automatically is add that element of play and that connection, which creates a certain amount of energy and involvement, which, which I don't see any reason that it cannot be the same at work also. Well, and I agree. And I think that's, again, people excited by a project that's going on, a particular initiative that's going on at work, or quite frankly, what the company is trying to move towards. If you can tap into that, that's important. A lot of people that, that I, I've um, interacted with over the years, their passion is outside of work. And there is an element of being able to, they're doing the job in order to feed the passion. That's not, there's nothing wrong with that, but you, we as leaders, need to tap into what that person's passion is and if we can get it aligned to our company goals to the corporate goals then you create a high performing team if you don't then what you've got is got people who are taking a salary doing a job and again are not as engaged as we would like them to be yes yes i think you're touching on something very critical here because uh, with most of my work with leaders there's a lot of focus on creating that alignment which you spoke about between the individual and the team, and then between the team and the organization. When everything fits together, yeah. it creates a very different level of engagement, involvement, and productivity as well. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. yeah and, one... and I think that's important. I think as a leader, one of the things I work on, clarity of communication and consistency of communication, because mm -hmm. again, in a, a disconnected workforce that we unfortunately all are at the moment, I can have a particular viewpoint. And by the time it gets down to the individual who's doing the the role it could it, it's mistranslated or, or it's misunderstood or whatever it is the individual just isn't engaged so that clarity on you know goal I'm not, I'm not talking about mission statement that for me is not the important thing clarity of goal clarity of priorities and making sure people understand why it's a priority mm. how it relates to the company but how it relates to them as an individual because again you can then create the thread between the two but it's the hardest part of the role right it's the hardest part of the role to make sure that an individual who you're not talking to yourself necessarily really understands why we are taking this approach. And sometimes they don't maybe see the big picture. Sometimes they, they choose not to, or, or they've got no experience of doing that. And I think that's you know, the biggest challenge as a leader. I see CEOs, I read about CEOs and things like that. And you always talk about the, 
the best leaders are the ones who actually are able to create that fire in the belly of people. It, again, it's something that I think we all strive for. So I'm very curious with with, uh, with this last thing which you mentioned, right? How, how do you bridge that gap both ways? Right? How do you listen to the feedback if somebody is disconnected? And especially more so in the current world, in the virtual and hybrid world that we live in, how do you bring that visibility? I wish you would tell me, but I'll, I'll give you some thoughts on it. Um, <laughs> I think the first thing is it's about regular communication, but in different forums. It's not about having all hands all the time that you just sat there telling people what the priorities are and what the performance is. That doesn't work. It's about engagement, be it emails or Slack channels or whatever those medias are, as well as all hands or we do things like um, ask me anything forums where, you know, again, you're in a vulnerable position as a leader. You're like, ask me anything in that by that title so i think that's the first piece around just regular communication people feeling mm-hmm. connected uh, with what's going on i think the other thing is clarity of goals and priorities as we said before and again making sure people understand why our priorities are, are such but all of that is fine but i think it's regular feedback needed and we've recently a, a champions group for people who we feel are showing the right level of um engagement and, and quite frankly are role models in themselves in order that they are feeding back up. People talk about skip level reviews with you know management teams and we'll, we'll do that. But also I think it's really important. It isn't just, just the managers you're talking to. It's the individuals who may well be the future managers, but also are the people who understand what it's like, like there as well. So it's feedback, it's clarity of communication and it's consistency. I think that is, that's the main thing. Just, just again, going back to my point about being authentic, generally listening. Some things we can, I can change. Some things I can't. Some things people want are really annoyed about or want to do things differently. And it's just the nature that we can't change that. Other things you can actually do quite easily. And that may be the mo- one of the most important things that's going to motivate an individual. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And multiple channels of communication, I think, as you share, are critical, especially in, in this day and age when it's very easy to get disconnected another another thing which you mentioned uh, and maybe i want to just explore that is uh, is the role of listening Mm. at least with my work with leaders what i am realizing is it's not about the quantity of communication it's about the quality of communication and then the listening basically plays a huge part and now i I want to bring it back to sports because i found that uh, such a wonderful analogy is that um, when we are dealing with physical bodies when we say leadership is a full body contact sport uh, then to not just listen to the words which people are saying, but also sure. to the body language and to the tone of voice, especially in this virtual world, and and then training our leaders, training our managers to know how to do. It. So I I, I I coach many people like, and I can remember this uh, happened last week like uh, very clearly. I was talking to my own coach, and he said something, and I, it reminded me of something from my past, and I had a lump in my throat, so I I, I did a little bit of chuckle, and yeah. he he stopped me there. Okay, and he stopped. Don't answer my question. What was that? Tell me that. And that allowed me to, first of all, understand what li- real listening is, because he was listening for that. Mm. Uh, and then ever since I have had a post-it note on my laptop to remind me of listen, that incident showed me that there is always the next level to improve and how important to listen to those signals, which otherwise we, we might just ignore. I agree. I absolutely agree with the fact of being you got to be present. Again, one of the things is a work on for me is I'm always driving forward. So mm. the danger of that is, am I listening all the time? Maybe not, because I'm, I've already probably thought this is what we need to do. It's worked in the past. Why would we not? Let's get on with it. Uh, almost 
let's get on with it and we'll then work out afterwards whether it's the right thing to do and and, and we all know that that you know that is not right but we're, we're driven forward and I think in your example there again you're thinking about a, an emotional connection therefore you know that lump in your throat is all about you cared at that point and I I, I think being present I think from it being present for my own family on, on a Sunday morning at rugby training and actually at work just being able to again take that moment to say right I am generally genuinely listening to your concerns to your thoughts to your feedback and I'm doing that going back to that point about stepping away for that moment I am present 100% for you again it's easy to say but in the multiple things we have going on I'm talking to you my whatsapp's pinging my email's pinging sorry for your listeners on that but that's because it's we're always connected and in this world we, we live in on Zoom and, and other medias, it's difficult, but it's something that, again, we should all remind ourselves is really important. And I say in sports, you, you hear now in professional sport, it's not about just going through drills and doing the same thing. It's actually just making sure that a player knows why that coach is suggesting that particular thing. Again, getting that engagement is really important. So they own it. They own it rather than just being told you need to go and do this task. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful example of uh, how to first of all listen and then how to add the context also in your communication rather than just say do that or I prefer you do that. What is the co context behind it? What will the company gain? What will the team gain? What will you gain? What will I gain? One of, one of the things that I always refer back to is uh, Simon Sinek talking about the, the art of why or why is so important. And I got showed that video a, a number of years ago and I still refer back to it now because the why, it doesn't matter if you're a buyer, as a consumer, you, you want to buy a product and therefore you want to, how you relate mm -hmm. to the product. But I think as an individual within life, if you can hone into the why, I think it's important. And then I think what it is then is that people don't necessarily need to agree on the why, but then at least they understand. And if they understand the why of you're doing a task, being sport or work, people then own that and therefore they put all their energy behind it. Otherwise it's just, I don't know why we're doing this you're not going to get the same level of, of engagement. Yeah, yeah. I, I think rem remembering the why when you're doing the what brings yeah. that purpose or that meaning, which which is always there, but it brings it to the current action. We spend a lot of our time actually doing the what, don't we? You know, yeah. so, again, turning around to a child and say, I need you to, I need you to pass like this. That's the what. To be able to explain to them, why are we passing like that? Oh, if I do that, there's more chance that it's going to be easy for someone to catch it or it's, I'm going to be able to throw it, uh, pass it further, or whatever those examples are. If they understand the why, we can always make sure the what is improved upon. Yeah, thank you for that wonderful example. And as we talk about purpose and meaning, how, how do you decide or how do you define your own future, which is meaningful and purposeful for you? Yeah. What's in store for you in the future? Without being too dramatic, I think it's about sort of something about legacy, isn't it? You want to leave, well, you want to leave the world in a better place than when you first entered it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important from a career point of view. In my, in my current company, there's a lot of change. There's a lot of change in the industry. It's exciting time. It's a pressure time. It's, a, it's hard at times. But there's a lot around making sure that, again, you're leaving that company leaving that team in a better place than you were before. And one of the things that I hope to look back in future years when I've retired and I can sit down and reflect and all that sort of stuff, and it's a number of years just for your viewers to be reassured. You want to look back and actually know that you've really, there are people who've, you've changed their life for the good. 
through your interaction, your support, your sponsorship, your camaraderie, your friendship, whatever that may be, in order that you can actually say you, you've improved things. So I think, again, that's quite a big thing to say. But for me at the moment, that's probably my desire from a leadership point of view to look at that I leave the world in a better place from a career point of view, balanced, quite frankly, in that I have a job to do and I need to drive forward my, my priorities and I need to get the job done. So it's great to it's great to reflect on improving people and things like that. But I'm very clear that I have a job to get done as well. So it, it's the balance between, again, operational and strategic. But that's what I hope to do anyway going forward spend more time to actually take a step back and make sure people are improving and again they're, they're developing their careers yeah yeah I, I i think it's wonderful that how you highlighted it it's a balance and it's not either or because if you forget the what then nothing gets done then nothing moves forward so the what is what moves the world forward at the same time the the what can actually make it make life difficult for you if you forget the why or if you have never even questioned what is the why. So that's the legacy part because that tells me that you're connected, connecting your what with the why and then you are very conscious about keeping that. Yeah, right. I think you get the right to create that um, improvement if you're actually getting the job done. What you can't do is just spend all your time thinking and saying, hey, we could do this, we could do that because we, we live in a fast-paced world and things need to get done as well. So yeah, it is a balance. Uh, yes. So before, before we end, what is one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who has big aspirations or big dreams, but they have been on hold for whatever reason? Good question. I think I would say be clear on why you're trying to achieve something. Is, again, is it a reflection of some about the individual? I think it's just to be clear on what, what you're trying to achieve and just be yourself. One of the things as a leader is there are times you, again, have to have a little mask on a little bit. There are always going to be those times because you've got to deliver some messages that not you don't always believe in yourself. You, you need to do those. And I think what I would say is that anybody who's looking to get into leadership or, or drive a particular project or ambition forward, just be clear why you, you want to do that because it takes a lot of energy. And from a personal point of view, positive energy is one of my attributes. But we all get tired. So you can't go into it not being yourself. So look at what you want to achieve, be clear, and just go for it. Because I was one person once said, you can spend a lot of your time worrying about getting things wrong, but you could also be excited about what you could learn and, and what you could succeed on. There's probably a much better saying than what I've just cobbled together there, but it really is important that don't, don't be held back by the fear of failure. Just be excited by what you could achieve. Thank you. I think that's uh, that hits uh, the spot on multiple levels. I think the connecting with the why allows you to remind yourself why you are doing something. And then you, you can always choose where to put your attention. It could be on the fear, it could be on the anxiety, or it could also be on the excitement or the newness of it. And that's always a choice. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Just to close, do you have any lasting thoughts or is there a place that the listeners can reach out to you and find out more about you? You know, you can get me on LinkedIn, Jason Reese. By all means, anybody uh, want to connect, share ideas, more than happy to, to have. I love this type of conversation. This is the reason, that obviously, you and I are talking today. So more than happy to talk. Yeah, uh, again, just thank you for the invitation. And hopefully my thoughts have helped someone out there today. I dearly hope so. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Jason, for your time. And I'm sure these thoughts were would be wonderfully helpful for many people not just people who will listen to the podcast when it is released, but also going into the future. And I think that's what I like about digital content, that it can persist over time. 
and one thing which we did now can actually continue to add value in the future so i i greatly appreciate and wholeheartedly thank you for for your time thank you thank you that's it for this episode of choosing leadership with sumit gupta i choose leadership every time i record this podcast and i invite you to do the same i invite you to design a life of joy meaning pride and satisfaction not just for yourself but also for those around you this is what i do most naturally to lovingly and gently provoke you to help you see your own light to help you see what you are already capable of i say what might be uncomfortable for me to say or for you to hear to show you that all our dreams which have been on hold are within our grasp if you like the sound of it do not forget to leave a rating i invite you to subscribe to my newsletter at deployyourself.com/newsletter you can also reach out on linkedin twitter and facebook to share any other comment or feedback i want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality and thank you for listening always remember that you are enough you are loved and you matter this is sumit until next time keep choosing leadership